Hello and welcome to another episode of What High School Did You Go To? I'm Gabe Diverge. And I'm Chris Hatfield. How are you, Gabe? I'm doing well, Chris. Uh, we're hanging out here on a, on a nice Thursday evening just before 830. Um, about to be 830. And watching watching my New York Giants, you know, probably play in an incredibly weird game against the Washington mm-hmm. football team. Um, how, are, how are you, Chris? <laughs> it's nice up here, man. It feels like fall. It's going to be like in the fifties this weekend. That New England, that, that New England air, baby, that yeah, rarefied really, air. <laughs> it's really hidden nicely. I'm super, super excited for fall up here. It's going to be real dope. It was 82 um, degrees here today. <laughs> so enjoy that. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds about right. We're going to talk a lot about football today. We're going yes. to talk about the basketball schedule if we can get to it. Yes. Um, but before we get to that, Sometimes I'll ask you a question, but right now I want to make a statement. Please, um, please. Definitely not yours. speaking for the podcast. Definitely not speaking for Gabe, speaking for myself. Um, but right now, a lot of workers at Heaven Hill and their union. I don't have the union name. I should have the union name if I was prepared to speak this, but I don't. They're on strike right now. Right. And they're on strike for more pay. Um, and they have needed this pay for quite a while. A lot of family, a lot of friends. Um, a lot of backbone of kind of the beliefs that I grew up in um, are instilled in Heaven Hill or instilled in the distilleries and the people that work at them. And as of September 11th, these people that are on strike had their insurance taken away mm-hmm. um, because they were on strike. So my plea to you, to anyone that's listening to this podcast, is to go read about what is going on um, in Barstow, Kentucky, what is going on in Heaven Hill, and make your own conclusions as always, but do your best to support these people and not to support Heaven Hill at this time. And that would be my plea to you. Um, at the at the best, I would suggest you at least inform yourselves about this um, because it's a it's a big deal. I think it could be a big deal to everyone um, because everyone faces these situations daily. Um, but you know, as of September 11th, there's a lot of people. Um, about three or 4,000 people that no longer have health insurance because they decided that the job they were doing um, wasn't worth the pay they were getting. And it's really quite that simple. So I want to say that on onset, um, you know, I appreciate that. Sport, and, and Chris, we do a sports you do, podcast, you, I, but I, we need to talk about local things. hundred so. percent. And you speak for me there, Chris, I, I stand with, I stand with uh, the workers, uh, the, the union union, uh, U, UFCW local 23 D is the name, Chris. There you go. Um, as you said, you know, uh, hit the picket lines December 13th uh, after they had healthcare price hikes, they reduced reduced take home pay, cuts to overtime, and drastic scheduling changes. Uh, if you don't know what brands they produce, they're Evan Williams, Elijah Craig, Old Fitzgerald, probably some others. Those are the ones I think people are probably most familiar with. Um, yeah, but definitely support. I I, I won't be purchasing products products uh, from those brands until they get it figured out. That's for sure. Uh, just because you know. Bourbon's made in Kentucky for a reason. Um, so uh, support the people who have been making it for literally hundreds of years. Um, I don't Their I don't, entire lives. I mean, they're, it's, they're, just, it's their entire lives. A, it's a thing that, you know, your your dad works at Heaven Hill or he works at a distillery. Mm-hmm. Your son's going to work there. For sure. His son's going to work there. It's, it, it's a generational thing. And as a Kentuckian or, you know, someone that lives in Kentucky now, I think you have an obligation to inform yourselves about what is going on there. For sure. As always, I would tell you to draw your own conclusions, but I definitely want to make sure we got that out there. No, 
glad you did, Chris. We'll, we'll, we'll leave it there. I think it's good. And we'll talk some football on the other side of the song, the intro song. I don't know why it's called the, the song. All right. <laughs> hit it. Coming to you from inside the Waterson Expressway. Greatness started in Louisville, Kentucky. It's the only podcast that misses cahoots. This is What High School Did You Go To? With your hosts, Chris Hatfield and Gabe DeVerge. And we're back, Chris. It has been quite a couple of weeks in this Louisville football season. We had such an interesting time on our Twitter spaces, which we are going to be doing again. We wanted to make sure everyone knew up at the top. We will have another Twitter spaces either after the game, maybe some point during the middle of it. If it's not going too hot the same way we did last time, uh, we will for sure uh, have another Twitter space. So be on the lookout for that. We'll, we'll speed it out. You can't miss it. And thanks to everyone who, who kind of subscribed to the pod. Definitely saw a kind of a jump from that. So if you, if you are joining us from that, we really appreciate it. I hope you enjoy the show. Uh, Chris, as I tweeted the other day, the Louisville fan base, I, I don't I don't think they I don't think I've seen the Louisville fan base this bad, this down bad, my friend, in my adult life. Um, it has definitely been a long, long time. Oh, how, how do you feel? How are you seeing things from afar, Chris? You know, you, you're up in Maine. What what do things look like to you on the Twitter on the Twitter? Twitter waves. You, know, you listen to the radio sometimes. What's what's your reaction? What's your vision of what of how you see this fan base just be mega sad right now and down? Well, it's it's nice sometimes because I feel like I can separate myself from it a little bit more than other people. So that's been nice to be <laughs> honest with you. Um, you know, it's weird because you have this division within the athletic department from um, you know, I don't want to say it's education versus sports, but it's something like that. <laughs> and then you have a similar division within, you know, the fan base of where it's like, I, I tweeted something along the lines the other day where, you know, people talk a lot about winning solves everything, but right. there are some people that don't like Chris Mack because they don't like him as a person. And then there are some people that have decided that no matter what Scott Satter. Scott Satter, Satterfield does. Um, they're they're just done with him, and you may be in that camp. I may be in that camp. We may be there. <laughs> we may be guilty guilty of that. Um, but that's kind of where it is. Like there, I think there is spot for like both people. Where you know, even if the programs win, that necessarily isn't going to solve everything. Yeah. And that's a, that's a bad spot to be because it's hard to, (laughs) hard to fix something like that. I do think like if, you know, football goes five and seven, but basketball has like, you know, a second weekend, they win a bunch of games, whatever, like everything will be kind of rosy again. But the in-between right now is going to (laughs) be, it's going to be weird and and hard to kind of get to. Um, it, it's going to be a long ride to get to basketball season. You know, if football turns it around, it, it'll be okay. And we're going to talk about what would happen if Louisville won um, against Central Florida. But even then, I still feel like there's going to be people that are going to be like, I'm not really happy with the direction of the football program. And I'm not sure that would be as lasting with basketball. Um, that makes sense. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like if basketball is a solid season, I think people would be ready. They're going to be amped up. They're going to be like, you know, you went to the sweet 16 this year. Let's get in the next year. We get a final four team or, or, or whatever like that. I don't think that type of get up and go would be the same with the football program. Um, so 
this was a long winded way <laughs> to say like, I, to say what I want to say at the beginning is there's a very clear fracture and in, in divide between the fan base. Like it's very obvious. It's, it's very interesting. You know, I, I, I tweeted out, you know, I mean, my tweets is, you know, the worst I've seen the fan base in my adult life. And I think it's sort of, we're in that weird space where it's like, you know, we joke about Kentucky fans that they always wait until football or wait until basketball season. And, you know, Louisville fans haven't had to do that. And it's almost, we're in this weird space where the, the, the suspension of Christian, Chris Mack, um, no matter how you feel about it is almost like had this weird, like super negative effect on the season and what people intend the season to be. I, I don't know. We can talk later about what, you know, what actual effect do you think it's going to have on the team and its potential like end year outcomes, Chris, but it's almost like, I feel like people are downgrading what they think the team can achieve because of that, which I think is kind of weird, but then just it's, it's, you know, we've talked about it. It's a, it's a effect, a Lego effect. We're stacking a tower together. You know, all the negative things getting absolutely shellacked on national television um, against old miss, you know, the issues with the athletic department that we're hearing. Um, we're going to talk about this, this experience at the stadium that a lot of people had. Um, it, right. it stacks on top of each other and it makes an uneasy tower. And, and, and I think when you're, when you're, when it's been so long since this fan base has gotten a, a real big W. I mean, when's the last time this fan base has felt like, holy shit, here's the big W. I'm trying to know the happiest, that the the happiest the fan base was in the last year. When Western Kentucky. (laughs) I I mean, I think I'm right. I don't think you're wrong because I was going to say that Kentucky win. Does that feel Kentucky win was like a relief? It was a relief. It wasn't, it wasn't the hell. Yeah. It was holy crap. We almost lost this team that we know we scratch and didn't look very good doing it. Um, I mean, you got, they didn't get a great signature win in this, in this college basketball season. They didn't get the opportunities uh, to to really get those wins. Um, You're right. That's, that makes a hundred percent sense to me. Uh, WKU is probably, uh, the best moment this family has gotten last year. And that's a shit. That's like, that's, that's pretty shitty. That's not great. Um, you know, I, I think, and then we kind of get to this week with this Noah Peterson thing, which, you know, with the fan base looking for a W looking, they're, they're so upset. They're looking for someone to blame things on. You know, Chris, I was at the game last Saturday, last Saturday. Um, I didn't, I, I honestly, to be honest with you, I was sitting in nice seats, so I didn't have to deal with uh, all the huge lines. I was lucky enough to, 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 to sit in a different section and, and wasn't dealing with all that. Um, but there were issues. I remember with the debit cards and stuff, but you know, there was like a person in front of me or two people as opposed to 12. Um, so then this happens and everyone's upset, all these issues. And then the no Peterson thing comes out that this kid, which I had actually, I had seen someone mention this kid before even the game. And I think I sent it to you, Chris. I was like, this weird things happening where this kid has like been, uh, you know, he's had uh, all these tweets back when he was a kid. And it's almost like people blamed the because he was the fan experience guy. It's like they blamed the fan right. experience on him. And what that, that you, was the wrong. That was that? a yeah. wrong. Well, that was a wrong title for the dude. Like that, <laughs> it, he he just controlled a board. Like it's one of those things where how it's been with everything that's kind of popped up itself is like 
whether it be like a violation, when you look at it, it's not a big deal. But when you put it with together, it's a huge deal. And when you look at something like this, like yeah. on the surface level, you can understand why, you know, at least I can understand why, you know, people would be mad. Why? I, I think it's natural to like look at something and be like, you know, if this dude just really that anti Louisville, maybe you shouldn't be working at the University of Louisville. I, I think any fan base in America would say that about their rival. Um, I, I think people would say the say the same thing. But when you have the connotation that this fan base has got in the last few years, it becomes like a really silly situation because sure. like it's just the it's like the punching bag effect, man. Like I I naturally like I agree. I'm trying to put it in words. Like I agree with <laughs> a lot of the people that you know said at the very beginning that oh this is some type of like uk takeover like matt bevins putting all these people in in charge and stuff like that and like i i agree with him in this instance of like being frustrated yeah but i i, I still think those people are like 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 it was a crazy conspiracy theory I, I i don't know like it feels like those people have more legitimacy but their message isn't conveyed in the proper way, if that makes any sense. No, that makes sense. And um, listen, people are always going to find a way to to support their crackpot theories or, you know, when you're thinking that way. What's been surprising to me, Chris, is like how quickly people have turned on Vince Tyree almost. It's like he's yeah, become we, a Yeah, we get that a little head. bit, but I, I do think that's like a, a loud minority thing. More yeah, no, I, I don't think you're wrong. But I, I but like I said to you, you know, messages, it's like, oh, this whole administration and Tyre, they, they don't care about the fans and stuff. And I think it's just sort of he's become, you know, he he's the, the he as the head of athletics, he's become a figurehead and sort of maybe represent some of this stuff to people. But it just... It's it's so many people that are just like oh I miss Tom Jurich. Yeah, I mean like, it's like come I, on, I feel like dude, a, a, you you I I can't really remember because I was still pretty young, but I feel like you probably saw similar things at the beginning of the Repetino era, yeah. like when he when he struggled because he struggled early on. Um, it, we've done the comparison between him and Mac, and they had similar resumes early right. on. Um, so you probably heard a lot of the same things as you may be hearing about Vince Tower right now, right then. Um, about we didn't have Twitter.com. Twitter. Twitter. Right. Then, yeah. But, you I, know. <laughs> I, I definitely think it's one of those things that seems louder than it actually is. But, you know, I'm not, I'm not surprised about it. Um, I do think, like, as far as like kind of grading Vince's handling of it, um, he's done all right. I know at the beginning of his tenure, um, his whole thing was to be, you know, op- open up front. Um, very in front of the cameras. They had like three or four press conferences over the course of like five months when he mm-hmm. first got hired about little things. Um, you know, and I, I still think he could speak more, but I think he's done a pretty good job. Um, I wish we would get a little bit more direct answer on how he feels about the football program. Um, and part of that is that people aren't asking those questions. I don't know why that is. Um, but I would like to know, you know, what he thinks about that. Cause I really don't know. Um, I, I don't, um, but as far as like kind of this situation, I think he's done all right. Yeah, no, I, as we, we mentioned it in the Twitter space, you know, I don't think this dude five years ago was like, I'm going to be, you know, he, this was not what he had expected 
And, you know, he works in business and, you know, he's been very successful there. And I think he's applied you know, some of the upfrontness. I appreciate how quickly he responded to the issues. Um, I, I, you know, I think they really focus on customer experience. If you ask me, would I have chosen the alley over improved Wi-Fi and cell phone reception at the at Cardinal Stadium? Probably not. But, you know, that's sure. just me. Um, I understand why they did it. Um, but I don't know. It's. I feel for him because I, I do think he's done. I think he's done an above average job with the cards that have been dealt to him. You know, just all the issues that he's had. Um, I think he, you know, obviously with, without COVID, without, you know, some of the problems that we've had in both football and basketball, you know, maybe, you know, maybe probably people will feel this way. So it's not, it's not as big an issue, um, but you know, it's, it's another one of those things where you can't put like a, perfect evaluation right. on it because there's extenuating circumstances. Exactly. Like if we wanted to grade Chris Mack on his recruiting, we would say it's below average, but we can't really give him a full grade on recruiting because of what's going on. And the same thing applies to, you know, the athletic director. Um, you just, you, you, you can't go all in on it. Almost like you can't go all in on opinion, but he's, he's done an admirable job for me. Like I'm not, yeah. I'm not dissatisfied. I'm not satisfied. You know, he fired the Philadelphia coach, which was kind of a layup. Nobody really cared about that. Yeah. He had to do it. He did it. Um, hired Scott Satterfield, hired Chris Mack. And we're still, as a general fan base, I know that we have our own feelings, but as a fan base as a whole, those verdicts on both of those coaches are still out there. Um, sure. did, get, did get Dan McDonald to stay. I'm not sure how real that was. If that was a thing where yeah. he was, you know, contemplating leaving, Jeff Walls is still here. Um, so, you know, those are those are things that matter too. The swimming program has done really well. The volleyball program just beat Kentucky the other night, um, and I believe that's a new coach there, mm -hmm. um, or relatively new. I'm not but sure think, how new. I don't. I think this him. might be her second year. If I recall. Yeah. So, like, was it field hockey or yeah, was field hockey that was in the the national championship yeah. this year? <laughs> So yeah. like the, those, a lot of the non-revenue sports have done pretty well. So it's, it's hard for me to complain too much on that front. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm happy. Yeah. It's one of the, you, you know, you're, you live and die by, by two and a half sports by, you know, men, by men's basketball and, and college football. And sure. Um, you know, we'll see. I, I've, I've heard some rumors that, you know, and even we heard it in the, in the show last week um, that, you know, he might be, he might be out next summer at the end of his contract, I find it a little hard to believe he, he wanted to, he, he would leave Louisville in a, in a worse place than when he got it, which I don't know if it's a worse place, but I, yeah. I don't, I think it's not stable enough for me to, to see a guy who sees himself as a steward leave like that. That, that doesn't, that doesn't strike me as something he'd do. I'd honestly be pretty surprised. Um, what about you, Chris? Would you be surprised? Yeah, I'd be surprised at this point. Um, I've heard the same thing, but I think that's just something people throw out there because they I think so too. Guy. Yeah, but we'll see. The fan base needs a W, Chris. Um, I think it was a good time to transition to Friday or, or tomorrow. Are, are they going to get that W tomorrow? We'll, we'll, we'll talk through it. Um, where do we want to start with the Central Florida game? What, what, what are your thoughts? Well, where, where do you uh, put your eyes out? I want to move along the conversation at some point because we have a long season in front of us of mm -hmm. You know, I hate this guy. I want this guy to leave to talk about other topics. So, like, for me, the most, you know, 
kind of one that has the most to bite off is what if Louisville wins on Friday? <laughs> what do we do? Because you, you go into Florida state, you see that it's a winnable game. Florida state just lost to Jacksonville state. Is that who it was Jackson or Jacksonville state? One of the two. Yeah. Something like that. And then you have wake Forest after that. So you're sitting there with a program that could be four and one and you hate the coach. And I, you know, I would be right there with you, but it's a legitimate possibility. Central Florida isn't a crazy world beater. Uh, obviously Vegas doesn't believe that this line opened up at eight and a half, nine, whatever it opened up and it's been bet down to six. So people bet on mobile. Um, you know, they win this game. What do we do? It's a great question, Chris. A, a question answer. I, I, I don't quite have, um, I don't expect them to win them. So I haven't been able to entertain it. I expect them to, to lose by 10, 14 points and us to be recording a, a, a Twitter, Twitter spaces and saying fire Scott Satterfield, but we still should at least. Yeah. Let's, let's the tease it out. Let's tease it happen. I, I mean, I think you're right. You know, what if, what if they win the next three games? Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I think it's, I think it's hard for me because I'm still struggling. Where, where, where were those changes come? What's what, what happens to those situations? We're saying the defense gets better. We're saying Malik Cunningham uh, plays better. The offensive line protects better. Is that, is that what we're thinking? Or is it, is it hard scrabble UCF plays poorly. Louisville's able to stay in it and steals it they, away. They win, they win 27, 23 tomorrow. I don't know, man. What like, do you I, do with that? I, I think it's hard. I think it's hard because it's still like, and this has been my issue and what we've talked about in, in, in all of our shows is, you know, the reason why I'm so gung ho on if this season continues down the path that it goes down is um, I, I feel like we are beginning to see that Scott Satterfield isn't up to this. And if he's, what's the point in waiting if we know that the end result, I still think, you know, I think this team, if they go and they win, let's say they win seven games, let's say they go seven, what the seven and five. Are we sure that that means Scott Satterfield can win an ACC championship? Because you're, you're, at that's the my point, thing. Right? You're at the point right now to where you're almost saying, I want this team to lose. You're close. I'm, close. I'm not as I'm not as far down that line as you are. I, I'm close. I can understand. I can understand the logic. I am <laughs> totally happy to go kumbaya tomorrow and cheer my ass. I'm going to cheer for them, they win, you know, I, I, I'm sure I'm going to get hate on this. I'm going to cheer for them. Here's my concern, Chris. And and this is I, I was really struck, and we joked about this tweet, but I, I believe it. It was a UK guy who joked that a a prominent Louisville radio host was talking about right. how this is a must win game against UCF, how like a Louisville coach should be doing this. We were talking about Clemson like that four years ago. We were talking sure. about Clemson like that. And if that's your expectation for Louisville football, if you're okay with talking about UCF, who is, you know, a borderline top five group of five program this year, um, you know, the, the, the Clearly, they're 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 not as good as, as Cincinnati or even Coastal, probably. Um, eh. Well, it's my point. Here's my point: is is they're not going to be they're not the team that's going to get in the New Year Six. I would very if much they, bet if they if they go eleven and one, they could. They could. Okay. Okay. My point here is. Um, what you know, Jaquan Barkley just had a 41 yard run. That's 100 what I just was, <laughs> was distracted by. 
because the over and under is like 60 and he just got like two three points he's back dude he, i was i was, so close. I was so close to offering like a decent player and a trade for him because i knew someone would have jumped today this morning and i didn't quite do it and i really should have done it now i'm kind of regretting it but <laughs> Anyway, my back, point back is, to where is you're that, at. and we talked about this. What's your expectation for Louisville football? If your expectation is you're okay with them being seven and five every year, if you're okay with once every seven years, you know, challenging for an ACC championship, which I, I just don't understand how people are, as people see this and think, you know, if we leave this year with seven wins, What's what's the ceiling? I just feel like the ceiling is the nine win 2019 season. I'm just I, I, I there's nothing still. Even if we win this game, there's it would take a lot to convince me through this season that there is a, a an 11 win season ceiling. Yeah, I mean, so what you're saying is if they win tomorrow, nothing changes for you. I don't think and nothing that, changes. That, that, that's that's fine. I'm just, I don't think nothing. I just changes. want to make sure we. I, I think I think it changes. I think it changes that the wheels aren't falling off. We're not in an absolutely embarrassing situation. So there's that. We're not in a yeah. situation where we're going to have to think about firing this dude before the end of October. That's probably think, what changes. I think the difference for me, like with this situation versus like Scott Satterfield and Bobby Petrino or whatever, is I think that Scott Satterfield can be a good coach. I just think he's in a bad spot at Louisville and I don't think the fit, I think the fit's very bad. Um, you know, as far as like the, the schemes he wants to run, the zone read wants to be like the, the whole part of his offense. That's a huge thing in the NFL now. Like a lot of people are running zone reads. It's right. like a, that's like a big thing. Yeah. So like his system as a whole, I, I don't see anything wrong with it. I just don't think the guy is a, a power five coach. I think he's a good coach. I just don't think he's a good coach at this level. Um, and, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. I thought Bobby Petrino was a terrible person and a, and a coach who gave up and kind of lost it. Yeah. I think Scott Satterfield is a good person. And that's maybe a little bit of a snake. We, yeah, we don't mm-hmm. know about that. But I, I think I think he's a, a good coach. Um, but, you know, I, I don't know about this level. I, I want to talk a little bit briefly about the press conference. And kind of the lack of passion and a guy talking about how he didn't want to play on Friday night. And, you know, I'm, I'm watching that press conference and I, I hear a guy talk about how he doesn't want to play on Friday night. And I think that's a perfect summation yeah. of Scott Satterfield. A little is not knowing that the program is built on Thursday and Friday night football and just a guy who doesn't want to sell this game. Biggest game of his career. Likely. Biggest game yes. of the season, and there's just you know, uh, you know, offensive line did well, like like stuff like that. Like I, I, I think about Vince Befford and the get on the train and, and stuff like that, and the the passion that built this program, and you know, having that underdog mentality, and there's just none of that. It's it, it doesn't make any sense. There's there's no fire, Chris. It's 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 so upsetting. You know, it, it's it is it's, it's a perfect antithesis and it, it, to to what this this program is all about and building the name on Thursday and Friday nights. You know, all these amazing conference USA you know opportunities. All of, you know, even some of the Big East ones were you know playing huge matchups on Thursday nights. It makes no sense to me. Um, and even just in general, where's his fire? You, you, you mentioned Vance Bedford, man. Um, 
that's kind of like, I, you know, you, you wrote, you wrote that great article for, for sports betting dime about, you know, about the, the matchup. And you, you kind of mentioned there is you're a little hesitant to bet either side because you think Scott Satterfield's going to throw everything at the field. But what I'm seeing from a coach in these press conferences is a guy that, that he doesn't want to be here anymore. He's a guy who's yeah. he, he's just sleepwalking. He doesn't act like a coach who's on a warm seat. And maybe it's because he's been, you know, we talked about Vince Tyree just now. Maybe he knows that he's not not and that's an issue but he doesn't talk to me like a person who's losing the fan base the very least there's no it doesn't feel like there's any fire doesn't feel there's excitement I don't feel like he's coming out of practices and coming into these or he's going into practices wanting things to get markedly better and is that I don't want to be here thing because that's what it smells like to me I think that's kind of difficult to evaluate because I would say that one of the best attributes of Scott Satterfield, if you want to kind of grade one of his best attributes, is kind of being even kill. And that, cause that can be a, that can be a good thing is right. not getting too high, not getting too low and kind of being that, that steady and force with your players. Right. right. So when you tell a guy that you want him to not be that, <laughs> then you're telling him you want him to be completely a different character. And I, and I don't want that to happen. You That's know, I, fair. That's fair. I, I want to be clear. Like I, you know, after tomorrow, I may be singing a different tune. And all, all likelihood will be, I may look like a hypocrite, but like, I'm going to be cheering for Louisville tomorrow. Yeah. I want them to win the football game. I want Scott Satterfield to do well, but if he's not the guy, I want to know tomorrow. Yeah. Yes. Like I want clarity. I mean, it, it, it's frustrating dude, because I don't want to be like watching a game and like watch my favorite team score a touchdown and not knowing how happy I should be. (laughs) Like it's, it, it sucks. I mean, it sucks. Like it's not ideal. And like, you know, the, the biggest thing with like the old miss game is you were just never there. Right. You were like never even in right. it from the beginning. Right. You never even had a chance to like, don't, don't talk to me. Don't talk to me about that freaking second half. Don't talk to me about that second half. Yeah. And, and that's good. like one of those things that's like, it just pisses you off more. Like I don't want to hear yeah. after a game that you were excited about the second half. They did well, like just shut up. Yeah. Like, like, and I don't know, man. There's a lot of emotion still there, as there was after that game. It's the last time we spoke, I guess. <laughs> it's hard. Where, it's hard to parse through. Are, are you are you like any different from where where you we were gonna? I said there were like three things we wanted to accomplish, and I want to make sure we got to like where we are now mentally. And I, you know, just just tell me, like, are you any different? Probably not. <laughs> yeah. I just, I, I, it's, I, I'm recalling that, you know, since that's happened, um, you know, we lost a, we lost one of our best recruits and, and I heard, mm-hmm. I saw people say that that was already going to happen, but like, listen, man, like you, you got to, you don't get points for the guys that committed to you and then go somewhere else. And sure. Scott Satterfield can still be a great identifier of talent while also being a terrible closer. And Charlie Strong sure. closed on some of those dudes. He was able to keep some of those guys from Florida, Miami, Georgia, et cetera. And 
he he made he he was able to, to do those things. And if you're Scott Satterfield, you just can't be competing. We can't be relying on the recruits that are uh, that are got Tulane offers and ECU offers. And 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 the, that's the, what I'm the, the counter is the counter to that is that the guys get good offers after they're offered by Bolton. Right. And that's right. that's the counter. I don't agree with that. I think it's dumb. Like I said, I don't think I, I just, I'm sorry. You don't get, you don't get credit for the dudes who end up, end up going somewhere else. If you were identified him as diving in the rough. And, um, you know, I've seen some people more to, you know, we, 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 we had our good buddy, Daniel talk about, uh, talk about how young the team was and, and stuff. And I, sure. you know, I've started to hear that a little more from folks. It's year three, folks. It's year three. That's that's an excuse. Year one, year two, year one. He didn't have. A, he didn't get any recruits. That's not my fault. Yeah. That's not your. That's not something for you to defend. He he should have. He should have had something to do there. I understand it's difficult, but that's that's what the job is, folks. Um, I'm going to cheer for this team tomorrow. I I. I all of my cousins went to UCF, so it is a point of pride. And uh, <laughs> um, I am 100% going to cheer for this team tomorrow because I, I want them to win. But if they're going to lose, I, I I guess I want to be clear. Like you said, I, I want the clarity. I want to be able to know what we're doing. I could totally see this team lose tomorrow, win at Florida State. Like, that's just the type of weird shit Louisville football would do. No, right? it's, like, it, it's like one of those things where – the worst thing I've used the giants, the New York giants is like an example. <laughs> like the worst thing for you would be the New York giants go like they win like six games this year or something. They go like six and 10 and like they're in the race throughout the season. And then they falter down the stretch and then like they mess up their draft, their draft position. So, like you don't want that. You don't want like the 500 team who can never make the playoffs. Like you want to either be like, it's the same thing in the NBA. Yeah. You don't ever want to be, you don't ever want to be the team that's first eliminated from the playoffs. No, there's no good. There's no good opportunity in being the 18th pick in the NBA draft. It's, it's, there's, there's no talent there. There's not the the changing talent that's going to take you from being the eight or seven seed to being a, a one or a two seed. You, you've got to figure it out. And, and we can't be in this limbo for forever. And I hope we get the clarity we need. If they win by 20 points, they win. It's a resounding win. It's an uplifting win. It looks like a team that's together. I I, I, I went to that game on Saturday. That still looked like a team who was frustrated. It's just they were yeah. playing the they were playing the little sisters of the poor, and they could they yeah, could I mean, run I, all over I, them. I, I, I that was like the crux of like my whole like gambling preview was that this team couldn't block against Eastern Kentucky, and they're still going to be committed to run the ball but they're not going to be able to run the ball very well. So I, I you know, it, it seems pretty a, a closed case. Um, I, I, we say all that, but honestly, like how silly is it to be looking at one game and saying, this is where we're going to decide whether this guy stays or leaves. It's incredibly silly. It's incredibly silly. And I don't know if I a hundred percent agree with it, but I do think that this is a better look than some of the other games down the line. This is a measuring stick. Where you know this is, you know, Wake Forest seems to have issues. Florida State seems to have issues. I, I think this schedule, I think the schedule in some ways is opening up. I mean, Clemson even has issues. Like, let's be real. I think in some ways this schedule is opening up for this football team to steal a couple wins. Um, you know, 
at Wake Forest, you know, Virginia is not very good. NC State looks really bad. And then you close out the year with Syracuse Duke. You're going to get whooped by Kentucky, but fans can convince themselves that was already going to happen. Boston College just lost their starting quarterback. Exactly. Exactly. This, this schedule is opening up a little bit. And sure, we could end this season. Like I said, we could win seven games and feel really good about beating Eastern Kentucky, Wake Forest, Boston College, NC State. And then still be okay losing to Clemson by 30, losing to Kentucky by 30. Is that who we want to be, Chris? Is that who we want to be? I'm just not okay you know, with that's, wanting to be that's that. Like, I think like for us, we're looking for uh, some people are, are having like the conversations that we had a few months ago, quite frankly. Yeah. Like we're looking for a new data point to kind of advance the conversation and that that'll happen tomorrow. But like we talked about, you know, two or three weeks ago about how in year three, no one has had the expectations lowered for them. Like Scott Satterfield yep. said, the expectations yep. lowered for him. He's the, he's the only one we know of. Like, yep. um, and for whatever reason that's happened to him, um, you know, I, I don't want a six win football team. I would rather have a four win football team versus a six win football team. Six and six is the worst possible thing that can happen to this football team. Mm-hmm. I think, um, because you're in a complete state of limbo. I do kind of set the barometer at seven wins. Yeah. They win seven games and I'm willing to hear people. I'm going to feel the way I'm going to feel. And I'm probably mm-hmm. going to feel that way unless this team goes nine and three, 10 and two, honestly. Like, I'll just be real with you. I'm going to feel the way I'm going to feel. And, you know, but I can go into next season with optimism. Right. They, they, they keep this guy here when he goes six and six. I, I, <laughs> you might miss me at the beginning of next season. Like, I, I, I might as well be tuned out. For a little bit. <laughs> That's kind of how I feel. I, I'm right there with you, Chris. I, I don't see the point in being mediocre if we know that the, that the song ends the same. I, what what does a six and six season prove? What does a five and seven season prove? It, it doesn't prove anything. It doesn't prove that Scott Satterfield, if you're okay with that, that's fine. But that's just not, that's not what this football program honestly has been in the last 10 to 20 years. We we've had, we, yes, our median, I'm not asking for the median to be 10 wins. I'm asking for the median to be eight wins. Yeah. And seven, seven is a ceiling. Win, you, you pop up and you win double digit wins, and everyone's fine with that. Yeah. Like everyone knows who Louisville football is. We're not mm-hmm. asking for you to go to the playoff. We're not asking you for to beat Clemson every year. We're not asking you to go to New York Six Bowl. We're asking you to win. You know, you have a bad year where you win six, seven games, and then you have a good year where you win 11, 12. Who knows? Maybe you go to the ACC championship. I don't know. But. <laughs> Eight is a good barometer, and then you kind of go from there. Would no you question. welcome Jeff Brom here? <laughs> Would I welcome Jeff Brom here? Because that's going to be legitimately tomorrow. Louisville gets beat by 15 points tomorrow. This is the topic du jour on a Thursday of next week. That's I don't think I welcome Jeff Brom here. I don't think I welcome okay. Jeff Brom. Okay. I don't, just, I don't think just I wanted do. to ask. I just, we know, we know how that song and dance ends. I don't know, man. What's the point? I, I was sewed a little bit today, um, but. What do you think? What do you, how do you feel? How do you feel? I mean, like, I, I think there's legitimacy behind getting a guy who knows what the expectation is, who knows the job, Mm -hmm. who knows who Louisville has been as a program who knows that the fan base 
especially in football, has went around with this underdog mentality um, about, you know, beating Florida in the Sugar Bowl, coming up in these different conferences, getting the ACC, popping up and winning, you know, nine or 10 games, having the one loss season against, you know, stuff like that. Like someone who uh, there's value in that, but I'm having a trouble, like kind of deciphering how much value is there. Um, I think that Jeff Brom would recruit Louisville really well. Right. I don't know if that would mean much to me if Kentucky wasn't recruiting Louisville very well. Yes. Yes. It probably wouldn't mean nearly as much to me. So yes. that might be a little superficial. That's a great point. Um, so yeah. Um, I, I, I think I'm content going to the, to the, you know, we, we, we can talk about coaching carousel whenever, but I, it's it's been really sketchy to me how bad things have been outside of that one outside of that one season, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we'll see. We'll see. It, it, yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of all about fit um, for a lot of people, but yeah. Anything else on this football team before we we move forward, Chris? We I think we're going to get a lot of answers tomorrow. Yeah, I mean that's that's kind of where we're at. <laughs> I you know I'm just. I'm just looking for something to advance the conversation. We're looking for something to um, latch on to, Chris. It's what we said in the, in the Twitter spaces is what is the thing that you're excited to look forward to? What is the thing you expect to change? I, if the offensive line can't change between Old Miss and the EKU, if it looks similar and the only difference is just the opponent, if you, if you see them struggle, what's, the, what's, what's happy about that? What are we happy about? Yeah, and that's the thing, like, you know – I, I don't want to like pit it to where, oh my God, Louisville wins tomorrow. You're going to have to be, eat a bunch of crow. You were wrong. Like, I don't care. That's great. Yeah. If Louisville won tomorrow by 15, I'm on cloud nine, dude. Right. Like right. I, I, you know, I don't care. I want what's best for the program. Right. And, and that's back to like the conversation at the beginning of this podcast. And there's, there's not enough fans saying that. Like they, they want what's best for the program. There's Patino sides, there's Jurid sides, there's Max sides, there's Scott, Scott Satterfield sides, there's Petrino sides. There's, there's just too much division. Yeah. And we don't need that. We need clarity. We need winning or we need clarity and losing. <laughs> That's what we need. Like clarity. I, I'm just fucking tired of, of like, the, the back and forth and the argument within the fan base, it's like, it sounds kind of silly of like, oh, I want everyone to get along. But like at some point, like you really do just grow tired of it, yeah. man. I don't want to argue with, I don't want to like put a tweet out there about how I feel about Scott Satterfield and have like 15 dudes in my mentions saying I'm a bad fan. Yeah. Like, I don't want that. I'm just, I'm we don't just enjoy, we man. don't enjoy being down, down on Scott's eye. I, 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 we, I, I don't understand. I, I don't know. You know, I, it seems that's important to say. Yeah. Like we don't enjoy being down on Scott Satterfield. Scott Satterfield. I didn't enjoy being feeling skeptical of all of the changes that we were told were going to happen this summer. And then when they didn't happen, what else was I going to react to? What else was I going to react to? I was going to be upset. So we, we need clarity. I think clarity yeah. is a good word. Uh, right, we can move on. <laughs> let's touch on the, let's touch on this Louisville basketball uh, schedule and this event this weekend. Louisville Live. 
Um, seems like it's going to be a big recruiting weekend. What do you, you, we were talking a little bit before we start recording. You, you seem to like Louisville live happening at Churchill Downs. Like there's actual, well, I didn't even, on. I didn't even know there was bracing going on. Like yeah, until this morning. Yeah. Which kind of, it started tonight, I guess there was twilight racing at Churchill Downs mm-hmm. and um, that's really cool. I hope they have it there every year, honestly, because you're going to have that residual crowd that, may not be Louisville basketball fans. They may not be basketball fans at all. There's some odd people who go to Churchill Downs <laughs> on a Saturday for that, that racing car. So maybe they just kind of hang out and, you know, <laughs> watch some basketball dudes play. Um, and that's cool. Um, you get the, you know, you basketball and horse racing is Kentucky. So, you know, there's no better way to introduce recruits to the state of Kentucky than, than having it. There. I, think it's great. I, th- I think it's, I think it's good for the re- recruiting aspect for sure. Um, I'm sure the kids that will, kids who are coming in will love to see Churchill Downs. So we have Rodney Rice who will be here. Who what's your, what's your right Rodney now? Rice? What's your Rodney Rice feeling? What's your, uh, give us your, your inside scoop. I know you've got all the, uh, we don't do a lot of recruiting on here, but we don't do a lot of recruiting is a little different. Like I think Rodney Rice is really good at basketball. So I'd like to see him end up in a Louisville Jersey. My feeling is that Louisville has the opportunity to win him this weekend, but it's, you know, it comes down to this weekend. Um, I think there's like a serious conversation about Louisville needing to find like a point guard or a guard in general for the future, because that sure. guy is not here um, on the roster. L Ellis, I don't know if he'll be here quite frankly throughout his, and I, I, I truly don't feel that way. I think it'll be this year and I think it'll be here next year. And I think he may be gone. Um, so it's actually, is he a Juco? Is he a junior? He's a junior, right? Wouldn't, wouldn't he have two years? He, yeah, he may be a junior. I thought I was thinking he was a sophomore. I always kind of hmm. mix yeah. it up, but yeah, he, he, he is a junior. So yeah, the, the, the future, like, kind of sorting out the guard situation is sure. kind of critical right now. Um, it's a little different with the transfer portal, but you know, whatever. So getting him or, or getting George Washington in the third, who's another local kid at uh, Christian Academy, I think yeah. Christian Academy. Yeah. Um, and then Caleb Glenn's going to be here. Um, those are kind of the big three that I know that will be here this weekend. Um, yeah. Rodney Rice, is, it's going to come down to Louisville and Virginia tech. And that's a battle that you feel like Louisville should be able to win. Yeah, you know, obviously he's got the high school. You tweeted that out, or you said that to me privately. In our, I think I said it to you privately. You know, Rodney Rice's old high school coach is an assistant now at Virginia Tech, and listen, that's that's a tough hill to overcome. But it's Louisville basketball versus Virginia Tech basketball. Sure, Chris Mack should win that. That's you know, I I I think that's the way it is. If he comes out and he says, you know, I really loved having that high school coach here. That's okay i'll i'll I, i'm okay with that if it's if it's the the given issue but i'm just not okay with that being a huge excuse it's still at the end of the day um you know Louisville versus virginia tech but let's run through the schedule real quick you had a few points you had mentioned to me before we, we started recording um the non-conference schedule you know we have these six games that chris mack is out you know southern Furman, navy who you said you uh you know people might be a little surprised not too bad you think no, Navy's a weird, like, basketball team who's actually kind of good, um, who could be, like, one of those teams. I don't know if they'll sneak into the tournament. Yeah. Um, they'll be, like, a fringe team. Um, but, you know, definitely an NIT team. Definitely mm-hmm. a team that can beat you that early in the season. They play Furman. Um, they play Virginia Tech. Um, they play another ACC school. I don't know who it is at the time. Um, but, yeah, they're, they play – 
if I can remember correctly, I think they play like an unorthodox style of basketball. Yeah. I don't know if it's like really like super fast or really super slow. It's one of those so four corners. Where it's, play four corners. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just like something weird early in the season and you don't have your head coach. So it's one of those weird things. Um, and then Mississippi State. Right. Really good team. Um, I will That's the be first making, Bahamas. That's the first Bahamas game. Just to give everyone a heads Yeah. Up. I'll be making a few features bets on them to make the final four actually. Oh, really? uh, because I, I think they're like a sneaky, they're not going to be a team that's going to be a top 25 team, but I, I do think they have, they have good guard play. They have good size. It's very generic basketball analysis. Um, <laughs> but I, you know, I, that's just a, a way to say that. I think they could be like a sneaky NCAA tournament team that gets in as like a six, seven seed. It could make a lot of noise. No, that makes um, sense. So it's a nice test for Lowell um, getting Chris Mack back from Michigan state. And that's like his first game and you're, you're in Michigan state. And that's uh, keep in mind that, you know, all these college football stadiums have had fans back. Yeah. All these basketball stadiums will be at full capacity too, for the first time in a year. Um, so those atmospheres will be pretty rocking. It'll be nice. Um, but getting him back for that game is critical, but it's like, okay, Chris Mack, you're back. Here you go. Go, go play Michigan state on the road. Like, yeah, kind of sucks for him. Um, but he comes back. There's another, who's the road game in between Michigan state and the uh, NC, NC state on the road, yeah. which Louisville's kind of owned, yeah. which Louisville beat NC state because they always do. And that's an unserious fan base. Um, <laughs> DePaul. The fact that his first game is DePaul. It's really funny. The it's return really of DePaul day. I, I I'm, I'm stoked about that. I'm be hundred percent honest. I'm absolutely <laughs> elated that Chris Mack gets to come back for that. Uh, do you I, think there will be a, a free Chris Mack chant at Louisville live? Ooh, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to put that one at minus minus one forty. Okay. Is is Nelly gonna is Nelly gonna be there? Mm. Wasn't she? Wasn't the president introduced at the first time? She was. Like I was time? at the last. I was at the last one alive, and she was introduced. Yeah, and that could have been like a thing to where it's just like you know we have this new generation of of global people we're all going to introduce them and we're all going to hold hands and be be pretty it seems like a lot of it's going to be about the 1985 team now they're wearing the 1985 jerseys um yeah they didn't get to celebrate that that um introduction um last or is it, yeah yeah, the 1985 Final Four. No, yeah, you're right. Um, you're right. So, th- so they're, they're going to do some of that. I'm sure there'll be some stuff for the 1986 team as well, given that's the anniversary for that. Um, right. Western Kentucky on the road, followed by Kentucky on the road. Um, what's that game going to be like this year, man? What's that Kentucky game going to be like? What, Kentucky? Yeah. Um, they're going to be a, t- they're a top 10 team. and uh, I think and, Kentucky and Lowell are the same basketball team, honestly. <laughs> if I'm evaluating them right now. Um, I don't think I, I've already tweeted it out. I don't think there's much of a difference between L. Ellis and Ty Ty Washington. Um, I think that Kentucky has a slight advantage inside, but I don't. Who's the kid from West Virginia? His name is escaping me right now. Uh, Oscar. Yeah, Oscar Shiwe. Yeah. I don't think he's very good at basketball, but he's a very physical, imposing presence. Yes. Um, I am interested. I don't know if you heard the comments from LSL. Um, where Chris Mack was on last night. Yes. Yes. But of course he, yeah, talk, he opened, he he opened up for you. He warmed up the mic for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He talked about Sidney Curry and like trying to get him in shape, which is like a logical conclusion always because the Duke is like 300 pounds. When he came from Louisville. Um, <laughs> I've made my feelings on Sidney Curry um, pretty well apparent. 
I'm not sure how much of a contributor he'd be to Louisville, but he is a big body. He's a physical mm-hmm. presence. It's something that Louisville hasn't had in quite a while. For sure. And if anything, he's a guy that can have five fouls and can do it physically and mm-hmm. get some rebounds. So that's nice. I thought the most interesting thing was that he said that Roosevelt Weller, Willer was is, yeah. not injured. Anymore. Yeah. It's basically healthy. Yeah. And you know, Surprising. that guy was, what's crazy about him is like, before he got hurt, he was like being recruited by some pretty legitimate schools. Yeah. Like I, I can't even remember who the big names were that were in, but there were some pretty like solid names in on him. And then he got hurt. He tears the ACL and kind of, they cooled off and mobile comes in and they get him. So, you know, if the dude's playing well and he's like, that can, that can change Louisville. For sure. Um, For sure. Having, having, I was was very pleasantly surprised by that statement. Yeah. So like, I, I think that that game's going to be all types of fun um, because the the teams right now, I would say that they're fairly even and yeah. there's a lot of unknowns on both sides. Um, you know. I don't feel as much pressure this year about that one. I, I you know, I, I think they're, they're a top 10 team. Of course, they're going to lose like four games before they get to us. And we'll be like, Oh, we got to win this one. Um, Cause that's just the way this always goes. But you know, I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm looking for that one to be fun for sure. Um start ACC play sort of in, in check. What, what do you make of the ACC this year? What's, what's your kind of top tier for the ACC? I'm asking a lot um, of basketball Duke, preview questions and just like throwing you uh, on the spot. I think Duke right now, 10,000 feet is hands down the best team. Hmm. Um, they have a very say, good yeah. class. Um, and, you know, it'd be something that I have to look at a little bit closer, but right now I feel that way. Um, behind them, I would probably put Florida State um, but that's more of a placeholder to say that I think Florida State's going to be pretty good. Not that I know that they're going to be yeah. pretty good. Um, and then I could make the case for Louisville. Yeah. And that's that's a that's a two two sided coin. That's me saying that I don't believe in North Carolina, and that's me saying that I don't believe necessarily in Virginia as much as I have in previous years, just because they don't. There's nobody on the team that's like <laughs> done anything. And you know, it's for you. Yeah, Clark's still there, right? Kia yeah. Clark's still there for his like 80th year. Yeah, like, and that's it, though. That's really it. Like, that's it. <laughs> and, you know, and it's Virginia. They'll have a team that comes together. I'll have a dude that shoots 45% from outside, and like, <laughs> that'll happen. It is what it is. But the ACC is, I don't think it's down this year, but I think it's interesting. Um, I thought it was down last year. I think that the top teams will be improved. I think Duke will be really good, like yeah. top five good. Um, got to have one, think, less, one last great run for Coach K. <laughs> and I think North Carolina has the capacity to do that. I'm just not going to believe in Cooper Davis until he does something. Sure. Um, and, you know, and, and Florida State's Florida State. Syracuse will sneak into the tournament, go to the lead eight. Um, <laughs> NC State is interesting because – this is probably, um, man, I'm escaping. The, the names are escaping. What's NC State's coach? He coached a little bit. Kevin Keats. Kevin this Keats, is yeah. probably one of the better teams that he's had. And I would imagine that his seat's probably getting a little warm there um, because they haven't had a lot of success. Um, and, you know, yeah, I, I think that's a team. I think Notre Dame is a good team. There's a, yeah. There's a lot of, like, there's a lot of teams that are interesting. There's a lot of teams that are in the similar boat that Louisville are in to where yeah. you're looking at it and you're saying they could be really good, but we don't know. Yet. Um, so it'll be interesting here. 
I, I want to point something out really quick before we close this out. Just this this end of January gauntlet here um, at Virginia crazy. at Virginia on uh, Monday, the January the 24th. Then you've got the rest of the week. You host Duke and what what hey what could be the first ever college game day for, college, <laughs> for Louisville's KFC Yum Center. Pointing that out right now. Uh, then you got to turn around and host North Carolina two days later. Uh, then you got to go play Duke on the road that next Saturday. Um, quite a quite a four game stretch there. I just I Syracuse might be really bad, um, but Louisville always struggles there, so I'm just going to point that out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like it's funny because like I was having this conversation the other, uh, not the other day, but a few weeks ago about. And kind of where you grade it, Jim Bayham as a coach relative to the rest of the ACC. And I still think that dude's the top three coach. I mean, the mm-hmm. team went to the Sweet 16. Or did they go to the Elite Eight this year? One of the two. I can't even remember now. It kind of all blurs together. But they made a deep NCAA tournament run this year. And they've kind of done that similar thing for the last few years. And I think they could end up mm-hmm. being pretty good. Buddy Bayham will be back this year. This is his last year in his Syracuse jersey. Um so, you know, it's like I said, like the ACC is going to be re- like college basketball in general. is just going to be very interesting this year. Gonzaga is Gonzaga. People think Drew Timmy's the best, best player in college basketball. And Chet Holgram's the best player in college basketball. And then after that, it's like, I don't know who they got. Baylor, yeah. Like Baylor lost their, I mean, basically their entire team. Maybe on Mitchell's gone. I mean, UCLA, does anybody really believe that UCLA is going to be able to replicate what they did in the NCAA tournament? Um, I'm trying to think some of the other top teams because there's UCLA, Gonzaga's up there. Michigan will be up there again um, because of big white dude. He's coming back. Um, I'm just going to call him big white dude. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, it's just another one of those years where there's not like a dominant player. And not like a dominant storyline. I, I'm pretty like heartbroken about Louisville not playing Gonzaga, and about how yeah. the whole Empire Classic deal got shut down because what man, a that wild would be great. story! What a wild story! It's just like, hey, we don't actually have the garden. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically what happened, dude. They like, we were just kidding. Like, we, you want to play in New Jersey, and then that—that's the funniest part. Is like they move it to New Jersey and then every team backs out and they're like, I'm not going to fucking New Jersey. Like that's hilarious. That's really funny. It's pretty funny. Uh, um, but yeah, college basketball is going to be really open and I'm it's super just around the corner to start on. Just around the yeah, corner. I'm, I'm, I'm really like, like I said at the top, I don't know why people sort of, downgraded this whole Louisville basketball season just based on, I, love, I, I don't know. I love the journey, dude. I just love yeah. like yeah. November and like, you know, your team improving and like, I, yeah, I just love the journey. I don't know. I think we, I think we got a great squad. And it's, it's, it's like, you know, a ton of guys that people in this community love and it, it I, I've enjoyed getting to learn about them when we're talking, you know, when we're dealing with all of the, uh, the videos that have, that have been coming out, it seems like it's going to be a really fun team to root for. So definitely excited about that. Any last words before we, we cut this thing off? No, man. Um, hopefully tomorrow. What's your, what's your score on. prediction? We, we didn't do that. What's, what's your score? Um, 
I'll say UFC, UFC, UFC. Uh, UCF, <laughs> twenty-seven to twenty. I am saying I think it's a low-scoring game. Yeah, yeah. I, I have I have thirty-one uh, to seventeen. Okay, we'll see. And you know, uh, thirty-one to seventeen will give you clarity. I hope we can get that. Either way, the 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 theme of this podcast is clarity. I think we walked into the season, Chris. We thought UCF was a better team than Ole Miss, and I, you know, I, I don't think that's necessarily the case anymore. But I think they're they're just as good potentially. Um, yeah. So you know, is what it is. It'd be we'll nice see. to see Gus Malzahn and and Cardinal State. It will be if nice. Anything, if anything, we have that. It will be nice. <laughs> it will be nice. Daniel Jones is about to score a touchdown from like seventy yards away. He just scored a touchdown from seventy oh, yards. Red. Okay, this is happening now. Oh my god! All right, that was a well, flag. You, have it's a good, back. you have a good night. You enjoy. Um, I will be betting Washington money line here live <laughs> when they get up twenty-one to seven, and they inevitably blow this game. Definitely. Uh, as I mentioned again, come on down to the Twitter space. We're gonna have a good time. Um, we'll, we'll talk <laughs> to you guys soon, Daniel. If you're listening, man, we we you are number one. You are the number one guy getting on the Twitter spaces, so you better be. And there. and also, let me say, I am closer in your corner than Gabe is. So when you you better make a when you say better make a nickname for Gabe next time you hear like if you got to the end of this podcast, which I'm I'm gonna guess you probably didn't, but if you did. <laughs> I, I I need a Gabe. I need a Gabe nickname. Thank you. Thanks, guys, for listening. We will talk to you soon. Have a good one.